Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag NBA. He gave me a pair of his shoes, which I ended up wearing that following night. It was the red, white, and blue Kobe's. I was a 15, and he was a 14, and I wore them anyways. And I sat and just talked to him for a little bit. He gave me the shoes. I rocked them in the game. Um, and it was the same night that we played uh, Oak Hill against Mello. And then I saw what he was able to do the very next night, winning MVP here in Philly. And Kobe's legacy, it will remain forever. His impact will remain forever. To wake up to this news, this has been one of the most horrible days of my life. I felt like I've lost a son. Frankly, not doing very well. That's Jerry West, who traded for Kobe on draft day. Before that, LeBron James, the reaction pouring in from the basketball world after Kobe Bryant's killed in a chopper crash, helicopter going down near Calabasas. Jerry West, uh... Another part of the interview talked about the only thing he had in his life to compare it to is when he lost his brother in Korea. I assume referring to the Korean War. Yeah. You could hear it in his voice there. There's a lot of tributes. There's a lot of basketball stuff to think about. There's obviously a lot of family stuff to think about. His daughter also killed seven other people, some identified, some not. But uh, really nobody in basketball able to talk about anything else. Yeah, I think there's all the only thing that uh, person's not identified now is the pilot. There's been some other stuff this morning. It was another uh, family with, another a, with teen, a young daughter, teammate, uh, yeah. yeah, who was they were there for the basketball purposes of wherever they were going. I guess he has an academy up there in the Thousand Oaks area. Uh, his basketball is already cemented. I mean, that that's not never going to change. He's one of those guys that you just can't say enough from uh, as a ball player. Even when his team was awful, it was like, oh, Kobe's playing. I've got to watch. I mean, his record on the fo- field, or excuse me, court, is absolutely undisputed. I mean, he was one of the fiercest competitors that ever lived. There's just no doubt about it. And he was uh, a type of player that doesn't come around very often. And I, when, he, when he retired, I was sad. It's a, any, any time that stuff ends, I'm sad. I, I, I get so sentimental now. When the college football season ends, I'm sad. So let alone uh, a career of a ball player that you enjoyed watching for 20 years. I had the opportunity to interview him when he was a rookie in this building, one-on-one. Can you imagine that? No. Yeah, but it, <laughs> Good luck. It, it was true. And I, and I looked it up. It was December 4th, his rookie year, which was 96-97. Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. it was December. I remember the night specifically because I, had, I was uh, doing some NBA stuff. I wasn't the jazz beat writer, but I was doing some NBA stuff for the Tribune at the time. And obviously he was the story. And so I called them ahead of time and said to set it up. And they brought me in the locker room and he was just sitting there by himself, sat down, shook my hand, looked me right in there. We're talking about an 18-year-old kid. And so you're already impressed. Oh, yeah. Because you've yeah, interviewed yeah. so many 18-year-olds. Yeah. You're the breeze covering high schools. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, on and on. Right. And so he was an 18-year-old lad. And the way he could look you in the eye and not just articulate, because that's kind of cliche-ish, but the way he could express himself and the way he carried himself. And I asked him, I said this on television last night, I said, you 
should be going to college. You had a 1600 on the SATs. You you spoke multiple languages at that point. You know, he was from Italy and spoke Spanish and obviously English. And he said, no, this is this is exactly what I need to be doing because of the fact that I had those that 1600. This is what I want. And so I'm one of the few who doesn't need that opportunity because I've got this opportunity. And, you know, you weren't really sure how he's going to blow up, but obviously he blew up as a player. And so that's going to be forever because that's already ended. But the idea of being a father and there was a the, the Eagle Colorado thing was just absolutely awful. There's no way about it around it. I don't know what's happened to the young lady. Obviously, we wish nothing but the best for her. And hopefully she's having a very productive life. And I don't excuse that or ignore that. But you can see that Kobe, maybe that was a catalyst that led him to understand priorities because the idea of supporting his daughters and their endeavors, and in this case, the 13-year-old little girl happened to be basketball and what he was doing there. And uh, as far as that, I mean, obviously to me, that's where the real tragedy is. Not as a basketball player, because he was already done. And that, that'll go on forever. But the idea of being a father and the people that he was going to influence going forward, because he was one of these guys who was going to be able to make the transition from ex-player to what can he do to be productive in our world uh, using all the resources that he has available to him to be productive in whatever it is that he was going to go forward. And who knows? We'll never know now. We got just a little glimpse of it. Obviously, yeah. he won an Oscar, so there's that. Right. And we know the series he did with ESPN, you know, analyzing players. He did one yeah. on the, the Jazz. Oh, yeah, they, they were awesome. Guys. Right, those but were cool. Who knows what he would have done there was still going more, for the right. next 40 years. Yeah. And, that, and that that's the obviously the real, real tragedy. He was definitely moving into <clears throat> into mentor role, and you could hear uh, young people talk about that. And we'll hear a little bit of that. Uh, and also you were talking about him being trilingual. Uh, Pace Mannion's going to join us at 8.30, and the interaction Kobe had with Nico Mannion, who's now the star freshman at Arizona. And, uh, you know, that all comes back to the ability to speak Italian. Well, they had a bond. Yeah, exactly. I think both were born in Italy. Both speak the language. Right, speak the language, and that was how Nico could get his attention after a game, and it worked. Obviously. (laughs) And and it worked. Uh, We'll talk with uh, Pace coming up at 8.30. Got uh, Michael Smith, AT&T Sportsnet, who was in L.A. I think that among the many stories here, when an athlete plays the entire career in one city, a bond gets formed. Now, it may seem silly because they're fans who never actually meet the person who feel the bond. But it's real. But it's real. And we can talk about... You know, Brady in New England, now maybe he's going to leave. Cal Ripken, Tony Gwynn, John Stockton. I mean, you pick your favorite sport, pick your favorite generation. There's something special about that. And then Michael Smith will be able to talk to that. Well, he was there in the heart of it. And then I wanted to have right. Locke on because Locke sat next to Hot Rod Huntley when Hot Rod Huntley was done. And the picture of Kobe coming over yep. to speak to them. The man had a perspective of the history of the game. His father played in the NBA, so obviously he had that. And so going out of his way to, to, to make sure Hot Rod Huntley was more than an announcer and a broadcaster, obviously, but at the time that's what he was doing, to make sure that he paid his proper respect to a broadcasting and a personality legend because mm-hmm. Huntley had a personality that went beyond, beyond the game. Beyond the title, yeah. sportscaster, broadcaster, play-by-play And he was guy. a national guy, too. I don't know if our new generation understands that, 
but he was he a national. He does CBS stuff. Right? Yes. Yeah. And I think the other thing Kobe understood there was that Hot Rod had been drafted. Number one pick as a Laker and a two-time All-Star as a Laker. Well, I'm sure Jerry West had told him. Right. And they so had the connection in college. We talked to Bowler about that on TV. And Bowler and Hot Rod, uh, when Bowler first came to town, I don't know if people know this, he did jazz games for two years with Hot Rod in the mid-'80s. And when he was at KSL, uh-huh. they had the rights at that point. And then, of course, the rights went their own way, and so Bowler stopped doing that. And then, you know, you circle back 15, what, 20 years later, whatever it is, and Bowler's doing the games again. So Bowler was doing TV that night, and he knows Hot Rod, and he knows how much that meant to Hot Rod. That, that meant a lot. And, and Bowler thought that was a lot of class from uh, of course from just, Kobe. Just to, go, to have the history of the game take that minute and, upon him. Yep. Yeah. So That's we'll, what that was about. We'll talk with David Locke about that at 8. Pace Manions at 8.30. Michael Smith at 9. And Larry the Laker. I'm going to have to suspend Jazz Laker trash talk for a few minutes. You know, not for a long period of time because it's Jazz Laker trash talk. But for a few minutes, uh, Larry the Laker will join us at I exchanged some communication with him yesterday, and obviously he's devastated. Oh, sure. Clearly. All right. That was far and away the news of the NBA. There were several games. A couple of them impacted the Jazz in the playoff race. The Clippers beat the Magic as expected. Paul George not playing. But Kawhi Leonard did. He went for 31, and the Clippers won. No surprise there. Also, the Rockets, who are fading away here a little bit and not playing their guys. Uh, James Harden didn't go, although Westbrook did. But it wasn't enough in Denver. The Nuggets win 117-110. A triple-double for the Joker. Another typically rock-solid, excellent game out of him. Tonight, uh, the Rockets going back-to-back here, so let's get to that. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Dodgers to the front court. Jazz by two. Picked up by O'Neal. Takes a right-hand dribble to the sideline. Chest it to the top. Driving to the basket to right. Blocked by Gobert. Rudy Gobert with an unbelievable block at the rim. And they foul Donovan two times. Two times. Two times. Two times. Utah Jazz beat the Mavericks Saturday. That feels like it was a year and a half ago now. But it was Saturday. Really good game. Jazz trailed most of it. Tied it up a couple times. Couldn't get over the hump. Led in when it was all said and done for like a minute and 19 seconds. But they led for the final 30 seconds and got the win. And that play by Gobert, signature PK. Let's assume that his career goes where we think it's going. And he retires. That's the first piece of video you reach for. If he does something better than that, Jazz fans are lining up to see it. I actually think he will do something better than that. Bigger stage, bigger situation. That's, yeah. It may, the literal play may not be better, right, but the but stage will the be there. Yeah, Everything sure, yeah. with the floor yeah. spread, yeah. him one-on-one with a smaller guy mm-hmm. running out at him, guard, spinning yeah. around, on right, yeah. and chasing him down to block it. It was a sensational Everything play. was on yeah, display. I mean, this guy, it, it, it's, it's, to me, it's insulting for this next, and the, and the All-Star stuff comes out Thursday. It's insulting to him if you say, boy, he better make the all-star team, and I know Ennis Kenner, the coaches better get it right, and we've, if he's not an all-star, bleep this. That's insulting. Because if he's not an all-star, there is no all-star. <laughs> There's just no other way to say it. No one is an all-star if he's not an all-star. Because he's sensational. And that game, the thing that I loved about that game, that they've had so many blowouts this was a struggle. It was a grind. You weren't shooting the ball well, and you had to grind your way. And then Bogdanovich was not shooting the ball well, but he still came up with buckets. And I thought that 
Mike Conley, I was thinking about this yesterday. This might be the Mike Conley that we see. Meaning that the idea of him scoring 18 to 20 consistently, maybe that's not ever going to happen again. I don't know. Hopefully not. But just assume for a second for argument's sake that that doesn't happen again. But what he provided before he got taken out and Joe came and subbed out over the last four or five minutes, a couple of big buckets that he provided. And maybe that's what his role is going to be. As you're in the process of either staying in the game, uh, taking, extending the lead, or coming back from a deficit, he can come in and make some critical plays for you. Maybe he doesn't do it to the level we thought he was going to do it consistently. I'm not ruling that out yet. But he made a couple of buckets that were impactful driving to the basket. So his role, because we've got other stars, so you don't really need him to be a big star, but you do need contribution from him. And he gave you contribution, even though it's not necessarily worthy of a $32 million player. It was his contributions in the moment that I'm not sure other guys could do. And you need those types of contributions if for no other reason than you're giving guys rests on the sidelines so that when they can come back, they can be that much fresher. And so the whole idea of the everyone contributing, Rice O'Neal hitting a big three and all doing what they do led to a sensational win on a day or an afternoon where they clearly weren't at their best. So uh, I disagree with you about two things there, although I think on the bigger point you're largely spot on. He's not going to be, well, I mean, last year he scored 21 points a game, but he didn't have good players around him last year. It was a franchise in transition. And when you look at Mitchell's going to shoot 20 to 25 times. Bogdanovich is going to get his shots. If he shoots 15 or 20 shots, it's not a big deal. So I don't think he can be that 21-point guy just because there's too many guys who are going to get shots. I do think I'm, I'm totally with you on the plays he made, a big assist, a couple of big buckets. Yes, I do think he needs to and still can be, we'll see if it actually happens, still can be more efficient. He is going to be the guy who gets six or eight or ten shots. In that respect, maybe it'll be like Joe Ingles. You know, there are nights Joe scores a lot of points, and there are nights he barely shoots the ball, but he has an impact. More of that from Conley. Three of nine and 0 for two, that stat line, that makes you nervous. I don't blame you. But the shots he hit, he hit at the biggest time late in the game, and that I think he can absolutely provide. That's the thing I think he's got to provide. PK, he played 56 playoff games in his career. He's won four playoff series. I just think they're going to have to lean on that in the postseason. Yeah, and on the flip side, though, to contradict myself a little bit, I'm thinking as I'm watching him not make any shots until, you know, he made a couple in the fourth quarter, get Moody in. Yeah, right. Because Conley, yeah. does, no one deserves minutes. Right. You got to produce. Yeah, but then and he Moutier did, was producing. But then he did produce. Like I think Moutier he can did. produce night in and night out. Yeah. But fast forward to the playoffs, maybe he can, maybe he can't. I don't know that. He's a young guy. He hasn't had opportunities. You got to learn from opportunities. How quickly will you know? I can't. Okay, but we're not fast forwarding. We still have thirty some games to go. But I look at Conley's playoff experience, and I think invest in that and get him if going. he's worthy of it. I, but yeah, I don't I think it. he. And when he's is three for automatically nine. allotted minutes and just he's, because of what he's done. And when he's three for nine or over two, you know, the eyebrows raise. Now, Joe can do that on a given night. He could be three for nine or over two. We can go back and find those games. But he's also got this long history now, you know, three, four years here where, you know, he's going to be six for seven and four for four the next night. 
So you just roll with it because that's what happens to shooters. So we just need to see more of those nights from Conley. But to your bigger point, if he only takes six or eight shots or whatever and scores 12 points, as long as he's efficient, you don't expect the big numbers out of him. Just be efficient with the numbers you get because there's so many guys on this team who could take six or eight or ten shots on any given night, and Bogdanovich and Mitchell are going to take way more than that. And it's going to make you a good team. Jazz and Rockets tonight. Harden is questionable. Westbrook has been ruled out. Mike D'Antoni said Westbrook's not going. Harden's questionable. PK, this one's getting watered down quite a bit here. I mean, Harden's questionable, leaning towards, sure, you say he's questionable now, but at 7 5 you're going to tell me he's not playing, aren't you? Yeah, probably, yeah. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Well, there it is. We hadn't seen this game this year. We'd seen it in the past for BYU. A 14-point lead on the road at USF. It gets away. They get beat 83-82. They'd been doing a good job of holding teams to 60 or 65 points, but they had one bench guy get away from them, PK. Yeah, there was rem- it was reminiscent of prior years in which somebody you never even heard of just goes off. Johnny D and some of these guys in the West Coast Conference and that happened, and then they didn't make free throws at the end, which was obviously the only missed them it was about 15 seconds to go. And still had an outside shot, and Halls needed to make all three, and he missed the first one and made a couple. So now, in my mind, they don't have margin for error because they always had something in their back pocket. Yeah, we lost those games because Yoli didn't play. Right. We lost those games because of uh, the Utah game because Yoli had, the, what, he had muscle cramps and had to come out after playing so brilliantly well earlier in the game. But that's out the window now. You can't say, oh, well, yeah, but his fingers. I and mean, come on, he played. And he was making threes earlier in the game. So you can't really complain or now, point to that. I don't rule. Go ahead. You can, you can point to Khalil Shabazz yeah. having the night yeah. of his freaking life. 10 of 10, <laughs> 6 of 6 from 3. Cool. Hey, he missed a free throw. 6 of 7. Oh, okay. Wasn't that's, perfect. That's, that's 32 the, points yeah. off the bench for USF. If he could do that every night, he'd be in the starting lineup. That's bad. And the I, other guy, Dion, had his career high at 23. He did. Yeah, so you had those two guys exactly. Yeah. And I have to admit, I have no idea who those guys are because I'm not uh, locked down Shabazz, on USF so. basketball. Yeah. Uh, so they caught my attention, though, obviously during the game. And now, to me, I still think they can get in, but you certainly have no margin of error for anybody not named Gonzaga and possibly St. Mary's. St. Mary's now second in the league at 5-2, and two, BYU, Santa Clara, USF, Pepperdine, all 4-3. and three. Right. They've done most of the tough road games now. Um, I guess Pepperdine would be the most dangerous one out there. If is that the one they go to? They skip somebody now. It's not a pure double round robin, so end up getting lost at that. Bring back the double round robins, PK. Well, you're gonna have to get Mark Few to sign off on that. Oh, never mind. There'll be no double. Yeah, they finished the regular <laughs> season at Pepperdine, so they do have to go there. Well, if you're uh, Mark Few is not signing. If off you're not gonna that. play a team at home and can only play them on the road, that's Pepperdine. <laughs> right. They actually have the home and home. Pepperdine's coming in uh, this Thursday. Next. Yeah. All right. Then the uh, Utes beat Washington State. They sweep the Washington schools at home 76 64. Ryland Jones with another strong game there. It was not a good start, and given the young team and the way they've gone sideways, but end of the first half, they got it together, went on a run, and uh, took control of the game. The young team. 
Yep. And I'm looking forward to next year. <laughs> Sam Merrill is back, baby. 28 for the Aggies. And maybe Colorado State, there was a chance that was going to unravel, too. And then they really took control of that uh, defensively, game. Defensively, Colorado State was stuck on 52 points for about yeah. 52 minutes. <laughs> Colorado State was up 53-51. And then Utah State locked them down. So yeah. it ends up being a 26-8 uh, like to eight run to close the game. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Awesome. Good close by the Aggies at home. Of course, most of their problems have been on the road. And that was at home, but at least they got that one at home. UVU hadn't beaten Grand Canyon in Arizona forever. They got it done. That's a huge win for those guys. Yep. I mean, uh, Marley's team isn't very good this year. I think they're only like 8 and 12, and they had been building some momentum, some momentum, but it's clearly stalled. Go to Mark Matson's first year, former teammate, obviously, of Kobe Bryant. Uh, trying to see if he can come on this morning. We're anticipating the opportunity to speak to him, and we can talk to him about his club, too, because that was a, that was a good, very good win for them. Yep. And Weber State is having a nightmare year. It's trailing Montana, the Big Sky leader, by seven points with two minutes to go. It just looks like another, you know, ho-hum 10 or 12-point loss. And for whatever reason, they close the game on an 8-1 to run, force OT, and win an OT. Multiple big shots there. That was a good win for the Wildcats. And a rare Monday night game, Southern Utah and Idaho tonight. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Pro Bowl yesterday. Didn't see any of that. Did see one thing over the weekend. The Pro Bowl dodgeball game. Guys legitimately look like they're having fun. A dodgeball game in a minor league stadium. I would have never guessed it. And I only saw like 30 seconds of it. It's fun. But honestly, they did look like they're having more fun in sports. Just have fun. And the Senior Bowl. Well, Bradley and I didn't hurt his cause, PK. Sack, and another sack, and another sack. Isn't there a little bit of Gobert going on there, though? Does Bradley and I have to prove anything? I was a little surprised he was in the game. I guess he wanted to play. Yeah, I guess he wanted to play. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, we put it up on our Facebook page. Your reaction to the passing of Kobe Bryant. A lot of jazz fans, a lot of memories, a lot of thoughts. We'll get to those. We'll open the phones, 855-340-ZONE. David Locke coming up at 8 o'clock. Pace Manion at 8.30. Michael Smith at 9. And Larry the Laker at 9.30. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.